To begin. Are you watching closely? To begin. Clytus, I'm bored. How to start? What plaything can you offer me today? In Life Itself, a memoir, Roger Ebert begins. I was born inside the movie of my life. I was born a poor black child. The visuals were before me. I was born in it. The audio surrounded me. Molded by it. The plot unfolded inevitably, but not necessarily. I don't remember how I got into the movie, but it continues to entertain me. We all are born with a certain package. We are who we are. Where we were born, who we were born as, how we were raised. We're kind of stuck inside that person. And the purpose of civilization and growth is to be able to reach out and empathize a little bit with other people. And for me, the movies are like a machine that generates empathy. It lets you understand a little bit more about different hopes, aspirations, dreams, and fears. It helps us to identify with the people who are sharing this journey with us. The thing you need to know is I'm a planner. If you don't know me, you should know this. I'm the kind of guy who does all the world building and then might never get to all the story that I want to tell because the story has grown so big, so complicated. I don't want this to be that. But that being said, there's a lot to do before I even really outline all of it. And there's even more to do before the writing really gets far along. Structure is going to be difficult here because there's a lot to include. And I'll tell you this right now, currently my notes file is 3,299 words. That's just notes. That's quotations from some time loop things. So I've been re-watching a bunch of them lately to grab specific references, specific character names, specific lines of dialogue. Coming up with situations, I was out a few nights ago and had a very specific sense of what the final scene is. And I think I said I was going to share what the first scene is. Not too much detail. I know what might be placeholder names for my main characters. The main characters there are four. Our lead, our storyteller, our narrator, the guy in the time loop. His name is Connor. He's back in his hometown. I haven't decided if that's going to be a specific place yet. But he's back in his hometown for a class reunion. Currently I'm thinking... 25 years out of high school, maybe 25 years, or 20 years out of college. Depends on some details from the character's past, whether it fits better with college or high school, I haven't decided yet. But there's him. Then there's Ro, that's her nickname, who he had a thing for in college. And then there's T, her name's Teresa, she goes by T. Ro's name is Merope, by the way. She's Greek, but also that's a specific reference to Sisyphus. You're welcome. And then currently, the other male in the group is, I'm just calling him Gray. I forget what that was a reference to offhand. Somewhere in my notes. And the four of them, the night before the reunion, were not getting the hijinks of the reunion itself. Probably. I might change my mind on that. I think if I put it at the reunion, it becomes too much of a comedy. Putting it the night before... It's more about getting older, dealing with things from your past that still affect your present. But I tell you the four main characters because I wanted to tell you a couple notes that were right at the beginning of my notes. This is where I was like, I have to write this because I had a very specific sense of the opening of the story. And now I also have a specific sense of the end of the story. And it involves these four friends. 
My first note was as simple as this. I wrote it down late at night as I had pictured it in my head. We opened at an outdoor cafe. Probably going to be the outdoor patio at a bar because I think they're going to go out for a drink. But in the note it says, Opens in an outdoor cafe, a fleeting conversation. Lead, because I didn't have a name for him yet. Leaves. A car crashes into the tables. And he says, not today. And the story hinges on, at some point, this moment. A car crashes into this outdoor patio and kills several people, including his friends. And it's this thing he keeps having to come back to every night because no matter what he does to try to keep them away from there, at least one of them will always be there at that time. Like the universe is fucking with him. And when he finally figures out how to keep them all from getting killed, then it turns into a different sort of story. For him. And so my sense of the final scene is these four friends sitting together as the loops get shorter and shorter. Because in my version of the loop, if you're in contact with them when the loop switches over, you experience the switch over as well. And so there are, the four of them are holding hands at a table, spending time. The final moments might be rather quiet. Farther down on my notes, I have a specific sense of some dialogue from the end of that scene, but I'll deal with that later. I wanted to deal with the opening, and I wanted to mention a couple things. These were the first three notes. They happened the same night. I wrote these three notes down, and I'm like, I'm, I'm writing this. The next one is something of the bad. The bad stuff you can do in a time loop. It's a mix of narration, dialogue, and action. I'll just read it. I can push all their buttons. For example, turns to young woman passing by. He's not going to call. You aren't worth his time. Keeps walking. But limited time means there's only so much a puppet master can do. Stops because now behind him that woman has broken down in tears. He looks back. So what's the point? Cruelty is easy. And sometimes saving people is impossible. And the third note. This one is fun. Explaining death slash suicide. Preempting the audience's inquiry. He starts to bring up the Groundhog Day musical. He gets sidetracked explaining and introducing from just outside frame. Tim Minchin hopes maybe he can get him back later for a performance. Or he'll write me a song to sing later. Or maybe at the least he'll write an original song to run over the end credits. Then Roe passes by and instead of discussing Hope, it's a song from Groundhog Day Musical for those of you who don't know, he gets into playing Nancy. Another song from Groundhog Day Musical. And how you get stuck being a version of yourself that maybe you don't like because the people around you expect it and you've spent so long playing to their expectations that maybe you can't remember who you wanted to be anymore. There's going to be more notes. A lot. There's already a lot. This is 11 pages of notes right now. Single space, but with gaps between different segments. Bits of dialogue from some time loop TV shows, some movies. I got more to watch. It's going to get complicated. The hard part I need to figure out, as I'm still working on my notes, is what is the story for Connor? Because I don't want it to be linear. I want him to tell the story how he wants to tell the story. He will gloss over the bad things he does. When he talks about suicide, you get a quick montage. Out. He talks about experimenting with risk. Quick montage. Out. Like Happy Death Day, you know, the death montage and Happy Death Day 2. In fact, I put in my notes that the montage should include him drinking Drano in a grocery store because he studies. 
He references other things deliberately, and I'm referencing things even more deliberately than him. And my last note for this week's episode is, I will definitely have to publish an annotated version of the screenplay if this thing ever gets sold. So I can note every reference and where it comes from, because some aren't even from time loops. Some are just because I happen to, in my notes, start quoting something or referencing something. There's a reference to the Dalai Lama because of Bill Murray, for example. Sorting out all my notes from their sources, keeping track, while also adding more notes and figuring out what is his story. I know some parts of the story, the past between these four friends and a couple other people they know. But I don't yet have a clear notion of the order he wants to give it. I think there might be some uh, subsections of the film with titles. Where it's like, here's the obligatory romantic comedy segment. Where it's date night from Groundhog Day. He's pursuing possibly the friend he used to have a crush on. Not sure yet. It's not a romantic comedy though. So that segment will come early. I noticed something while watching a bunch of in particular, TV episodes that are time loops, as they often take advantage of the inherent comedy and absurdity of the situation to have some of their big tragic deaths of main characters happen, so you can get away with sadness. Dean's death is repeated and isn't real, in that episode at least. But Enoch's is. Nathan's is. And I want to play up that aspect. A time loop can sort of switch genres from scene to scene. And that's okay. In fact, that's good. It's... What's the phrase? It's not a bug, it's a feature. Cut. The, uh... It's a Stuff that dreams are made of. You're still here? It's over, Johnny. It's over? It's over! Nothing is over! Go home. Nothing! You just don't turn it off! Go. 